too late to change. You know, I I have come across people, women, men in their 70s, their 80s, even their 90s who have start, you know, have started on a whole new path, gone back to university in their 70s and their 80s and all these different things. If you still have breath in you, then you can still change. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Making Mindset Matter with me, your host, Lorna McKenna. Today I am joined by my friend and yeah, well, she's she is also a coach, which has been a recurring theme over the last few weeks, but with my friend Naomi, who's an online and transformation coach. Naomi and I have been connected. We connected actually through a mindset challenge back in January over cold showers. That's how we bonded over cold showers. But welcome to the podcast, Naomi. Thank you so much for being here. Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on today. So my name is Naomi Holbrook. I am an online nutrition and transformation coach, um, and I empower and work with women to take control of their eating habits, to lose weight, but to break free from yo-yo dieting and emotional eating. So um, yeah, and my business is Wealthy Evolution. Oh, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we're on a bit of a high because we've just done a live on Instagram <laughs> together. So <laughs> the energy is high. Um, but I will touch more into like what you do. But just as I always ask all the guests that come on to the podcast, Naomi, why does mindset matter to you? So I think the first thing that, that kind of came into my mind when you when you said that you were going to ask me that question was, I used to think about mindset as being positive and negative. So I used to think that, you know, I've always been what I would call a positive kind of person, always, you know, quite um, happy and all that sort of thing. And I used to think that mindset was just about you're either positive or you're negative and that you need to kind of always be one or the other. But actually, over the last um, sort of six years, really, on my kind of transformation journey myself, what I've really, really discovered is that mindset is framing your mind to achieve what you desire or what you dream of. So I think really without, without mindset and without awareness of your mindset, you'll never achieve everything that you kind of dream of in life so you know so many people will say oh my gosh I dream of living there or I dream of achieving this or I dream of having this particular car but unless you frame your mindset in the way of believing that you can achieve those things and pushing yourself to achieve them then actually if you don't have the mindset you'll you'll never ever achieve any of those things so I think I, I guess that. that's guess that's what my yeah guess that's what mindset means to me. But that's that's changed massively. Like I say, in the last sort of five six years, my view on mindset is very different to what it was sort of before becoming a coach. No, I love that about the, the framing of your mind around things because that mindset it can be different. Like going into whatever it is you're going into, you need a different mindset with how you approach different things. But you touched upon your growth journey been over the last six six years just tell me a little bit I'll tell the listeners because I've heard a bit about your journey but just what sort (laughs) of got you onto your growth journey like what was the turning point and where has it evolved since you started 
Yeah, so there's been a couple of kind of really key points in my life that have got me to where I am today. And I think I, I kind of almost like to now look back and think that some of them were probably early warning signs, but because I wasn't open to listening to them and I was so um, in a fixed mindset, I kind of just carried on and did that whole thing like we were saying earlier about I, I chose to stay where I was rather than choosing to, to change. Um, but in 2013, I went through a really, really tricky time. I was about 38. I'd not long had pretty major spinal surgery, um, which I'd recovered from really, really well. But it was, you know, it was quite a big, a big thing to have done. Um, I'd gained a lot of weight. I had a, you know, I was doing really, really well in my career. But I just felt at a point where kind of my emotional well-being, my emotional health, my physical health, everything was not in a place that I wanted it to be. And um, I left my career and uh, started doing some freelance work, but it was more a bit of a kind of jolt reaction into, oh my God, I just can't cope with this anymore. And instead of trying to find what help I might need, I just kind of went, oh my gosh, this is it. I, I, I can't do this. So 2013, I think was my kind of early warning sign. Um, but I didn't do all the things I should have done. I didn't look at, you know, what was causing this. I didn't look at my emotional well-being. I did lose a lot of weight. I did get fit and healthy. But like we were saying earlier on, on the live, I changed the external me, but the internal me was still the same. I still was battling depression, which I've done since a teenager. I was still battling anxiety, panic attacks, still trying to kind of cope and deal with um, adolescent trauma from, from losing my mum as a teenager. And I'd never, ever dealt with any of it. So whilst I'd lost weight, whilst I'd got fit and healthy, my mindset underneath was exactly the same. I still had really low self-belief in myself, low self-worth, um, just kept believing all the things that I'd either kind of been told from a young age or that I'd fixed on myself, at, you know, at a young age. And so I went back into my career again about a year later. Um, and then in 2016, it was kind of like the, uh, well, I would say the ultimate breakdown, but I look back now and think of it as being just a huge breakthrough. I was in a really, really low state in my career. I was really struggling and battling with severe depression, anxiety, um, everything like that, and just hiding it all from the outside world. So I was, you know, doing my job um, as effectively as I could, but outside of work and at home, I was just an absolute mess. Um, so in January 2016, I actually did walk out of my 20, 21, 22 year career. Um, I didn't have a plan B, something that we've spoken about, but it was a real turning point in my life of what do I want to do that, you know, a little bit like that saying of um, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I wanted to feel like I was never like thinking, oh my God, I don't want to go to work today. I don't feel like it. I wanted to do something that just felt like it was natural for me. It was my purpose. It was my passion. It was, you know, what I kind of felt like I was always meant to do. 
And so um, I started, I guess, really in 2016 on a journey of becoming a coach myself. So I went back and requalified um, and became a nutrition coach, but also to really, really delve into mindset, into habit changing, into identity forming, um, into limiting beliefs and I guess the journey over the last six years has been, it's why my business is called Wealthy Evolution, because it's well-being, it's health, but actually it's that evolution within ourselves. So, um, you know, how much over the last six years that I have grown in my own belief, but that's not because of losing weight, that's not because of hardly drinking alcohol anymore it's not because of exercising all the time it's a it's a massive combination of all those different elements that I choose to do on a daily basis that have you know empowered me to have that own transformation for myself but now go on and help and empower other women to do the same no thank you so much for sharing that with me do it on sharing that with the listeners there's so much in there I think the the first thing I want to touch upon is the the fact you said it was a choice. Like you could choose to stay where you was or you could choose to change. And in those moments of where you was having them choices and you did choose to go back to your career, what was the, then you said in 2016, you then chose to leave. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's between them two moments. Yeah, I think in 2000, when I left in 2013, I went back, I think about 2014 halfway through the year I was actually um, contacted by an old company who said we you know we've got a new position we really want you to come back to us and if I'm really really honest that's seven years ago and my mindset was very much do you know what it will be easier to go back go back to a fixed salary, go back to a company car, go back to a, you know, pension scheme, go back to private healthcare, go back to what I know. Um, I think whilst it terrified me, it felt safe. And if I look back at a lot of my 20s, my 30s, whilst I did excel in my career and did all those things, I think I also kept things very, very safe along the way, um, out of fear of, you know, doing something that might not work out, or I might fail at, or whatever it might be, and then, and I, that's why I kind of almost liken it to a bit of an early warning system because I think I I wasn't re- maybe I wasn't ready, maybe I wasn't ready to accept and to make those changes and to admit to myself that I um, didn't want to continue in my career, and I also think you know. We talk, we talk much more freely now about mental health, about mental health challenges, about mental health awareness. But when I was in my career, I felt that if I told anybody about my depression, my anxiety, my panic attacks, I feared being fired. I feared that, you know, or I would be judged differently or I would be treated differently or I wouldn't be put forward for a new promotion. Or so I, I hid, you know, I hid that depression and everything for, um, well, nearly 30 years in total, but the whole of my 20 years of my career. Um, and I think 2016 I had I was 41 and I and I don't know it's it's really funny but I do feel that turning 40 for me was quite an empowering moment of um you know I'm 40 I'm independent I have my own home 
do you know what if i don't if i don't do it i'll never do it and i think i think it was just actually the fear of staying where i was was greater than the fear of moving forward and i think that in 2013 that that um that scale wasn't quite at that place no, thank you. That is the the big the key thing I took from there is, is about that safety because a lot of the time we do stay where we were where we were because it is safe it feels comfortable, but we all know that the biggest risk comes from when you step outside of your comfort zone. But I do think like what you've said there is a valid point. You do sort of have to be ready to just go for it kind of thing, even though you didn't didn't feel fully ready. You still have to have that balance it you know that the the fear of being where you are and not changing and staying stuck outweighed actually the the fear of just going for it and I think it is that is a mindset shift in itself even if we're not working fully on our mindset it's still knowing that you want more and that wanting more outweighs being stuck where you are but you've mentioned there as well in what you're saying about mental health throughout your career not being something that was spoken about a lot and I do feel like we spoke about it on the live just then as well we covered a lot of these topics so if we keep referring back the live is on Instagram um to have a listen to but we it is a topic that's being spoken about more what was the turning point for you to feel like you could actually speak out about it now because obviously for something that you hid for so long for a lot of people it, that they might feel like they can't talk about it because out of the different fears, what were some of the sort of fears you had around talking about it and what was your turning point in being able to use your voice? Yeah, I think, that, uh, you know, I look, I look back now and I had, there felt like there was a lot of shame around it, not just shame around having poor mental health, but shame around the time that um, my mum was really ill and then subsequently passed away. I think, you know, and, and I didn't even realize that there was shame there until um, I had therapy. And, uh, you know, you know this because you and I have spoken very openly and honestly, and I'm very open on my social media challenge, uh, channels. Um, in 2019, the summer of 2019, I did have a breakdown. I had a, a nervous breakdown, which was really... Um, you know, a volcano that was waiting to erupt for sort of 30 years. And again, like I said, it just goes to show that you can deal with all the external, you know, the the health, the nutrition, the um, exercise, the all those different things. But if you don't deal with the root cause, it will just keep simmering and bubbling away. And the irony was in 2019, you know, I was in a really great place with my business, loving my coaching, loving what I was doing, uh, loving, you know, I had great friends around me, all those different things. But, you know, that's that's when it happened. That's when everything just sort of came to a head. It was actually on, on the anniversary, 25 years after my mum had passed away. Um, and, I pretty much made a decision. I think it was, I had, you know, a couple of friends come down who intervened a little bit, who knew that things weren't right, who knew that I'd been um, withdrawing myself a little bit from kind of social gatherings and which are, you know, really, really quite typical signs in, in sort of, you know, in depression. And um, after that intervention, intervention, I kind of thought, you know what, this has gone on for too long. 
And if I don't ever deal with it properly, I will continue my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, and even into my old age, just never having that full happiness and always carrying that shame around and always battling with that depression and everything else. And um, so after seeing my doctor, I was referred and I started seeing a private therapist and I had uh, 20, 22 months of psychotherapy. And that whole journey of therapy um, obviously allowed me to be completely honest and open with somebody for the first time in my life. Um, you know, there is always that thing as well, whilst I'm incredibly close to my father and I have amazing friends, you can't, you don't always feel that you can share that with people like that, but to have somebody external who A, is qualified. And so, you know, they're qualified to listen to what you're saying and, and to help you and to support you, but also, um, to feel that there was no judgment. I think I'd always feared being judged, whether it was in my career, whether it was in my friendship group, whether it was in my family. Um, and, and like I said to you earlier about even talking like this and talking on, a, you know, on our live that we did earlier, I would never, ever have done that a few years ago for fear of being judged, whether it's being judged by the way I look, whether it's being judged by the way I speak, whether it's being judged by what I say. And I think what therapy really did for me and alongside therapy, I also have worked obviously with, you know, have my own coaches to help me on my mindset, to help me on my limiting beliefs, to help me on all those different elements. Um, and yeah, I think what that has really really done for me is 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 allowed me to feel that there's no shame that I've you know battled with depression there's no shame that um you know going through trauma and grief around my mum's death caused me to feel embarrassed and shameful and all those different things and I made a promise to myself when I started therapy that something good would come out of this and I think I took it back even a step further and thought you know, if one good thing comes out of my mum passing away when I was young, that actually, if it now helps others, me to tell my story, me to be vulnerable and to allow people to see that you can still be a strong, independent person, but you can still battle with, you know, your depression, your anxiety, all those different things. It doesn't have to define you. And I think that's probably something that really scared me was the thought of, you know, I would become, you know, Naomi with depression, Naomi with the mental health issues, um, Naomi with, you know, I didn't want to be defined as any of that at all. And I think now, and I was only talking to somebody else about this yesterday, about how it has become so much more acceptable and not just acceptable, but we're so much more understanding now of mental health challenges. And, you know, one thing I've learned with, with being coached, but also with working with a therapist is resetting my boundaries. And one of my boundaries is I will no longer hide either behind something or hide things from others. So I'm a completely open book nowadays, which is the polar opposite to what I was. I hid, hid everything, kept everything to myself, never shared anything that kind of worried me, concerned me or anything. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, that was, that was a big turning point going through therapy and feeling that all those shame and different things, they are, 
they're really natural when you go through adolescent trauma, which again is something I didn't know until until sort of having therapy. Um, but it has, yeah, it, it, it's made that massive change. And actually this last two years since sharing it openly with people in, you know, face-to-face or people online or people through my social media channels, it has opened up a massive conversation, but also a massive door. And I have, you know, been inundated over the last couple of years with people, you know, saying thank you for sharing. Actually, there's so much there that has resonated with me. I've battled with depression for however many years. Um, you know, I, I've never felt I could tell anybody about it because I'm ashamed. And I just think that, you know, to be 100% honest to be open, to be authentic, to be vulnerable. If it helps other people, then it's, um, yeah, it's it's a positive thing to do. I think it's just, it's so true, what, everything you've just said there, especially about using your voice to share, because I think my friend said a quote to me once, like, we all have a voice, but not everybody has the ability to use it. And it, that's just a quote that's really, like, stuck with me because we often think the things that we fear being judged on or the things that have actually held us back are a sign of weakness, but being able to speak about it is a a huge sign of strength to be able to say, actually, I'm not coping and I need help is a huge sign of strength. And obviously I think what you have been through and the help that you've got is just a testament to your character of the type of person that you are and obviously using your voice and your strength to inspire others and empower others is just really beautiful and you should be very very just I just feel like just listening to you and just yeah it's just so nice to listen and it's so empowering to watch as well you said about the fear of judgment and the fear of wondering not being open would you say that and you said that people come to you with that would you say that they're the sort of like common theme of like limiting beliefs that that maybe you've had or that people that you work with come to you with yeah absolutely absolutely I think you know we we also forget that fear is actually a really positive thing so I I think I you know and a lot of us what we fear all we're fearing really is fear itself we we don't know what that fear is but we um we think that fear is a really negative thing we think that we should never feel fear but actually our whole being is set around fight and flight and adrenaline and you know what would save us in a in a moment of um you know, whether it be a trauma or a catastrophe or whatever it might be, you know, you hear all these stories of people that are in these horrific accidents, but then somebody finds the strength within them to lift a bus off of somebody or, you know, to lift a car up off of a child or whatever it might be. And I know that's the absolute extreme, but it goes to show that that is a fear situation. You can run from that or you can use that fear and it will come through and empower you. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of the, a lot of the clients that come to me, a lot of women that, that talk to me, there is a fear of judgment. There is a fear of maybe losing people around them. There's a fear of all those different things. And I definitely had that fear of not just being judged, but, you know, what if so-and-so doesn't like me anymore? Even in my 20s and my 30s, a bit like that kind of child sort of mentality of, 
What if they don't want to be my friend anymore? What if they don't like the fact that, you know, sometimes I feel really low and can't always control my depression and anxiety and things. And then I think what really, when I did make that change and when I did walk away from my career and when I did, you know, decide that therapy was the way to go and to start to invest in myself and work with coaches, it actually empowered me to reset my boundaries and and pretty much say, do you know what, I if those people judge me, don't accept me, don't want to be my friend. Actually, I don't want those people in my life anymore. I want to be a hundred percent me, not scared of, you know, judgment, not scared of being rejected, not scared of all those different things, which really in my teens, twenties and thirties had such, you know, such an impact on kind of everything that I did. So, yeah, I think, you know, and, and we talk about limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs really is, is quite a new, you know, I say a new phrase, but I didn't know about limiting beliefs in my 20s or my 30s. But I look back now and realize that I was holding myself back from achieving so much because I had limiting beliefs that had been there from, you know, childhood. I really struggled at school. I struggled with, um, you know, I struggled with anything to do with academic work. Um, And I kind of started my career believing I'll never go very far in life. I'll never achieve very much because I'm just not academic. I'm not very smart. I, you know, I left, I left school with very, very few qualifications. um, And, it's take you know I'm 46 now and it, and I'm still a work in progress I'm just, you know I'm, I'm not I'm not where you know I'm not there yet but and and the thing is you'll ne- the thing is you'll never be there I think some people think you know changing your mindset getting a coach um, going on a transformation program I think some people think oh great I'll sign up I'll do the work and then it and then I'm fixed and that's the thing it's not it's it's a daily practice it's daily practice of your mindset your habits um, challenging your limiting beliefs keeping empowering that new identity not allowing yourself to go back to the old identity um, and all those different things that will just on a daily basis get you to where you want to be it's not a quick fix it's not a you know I'll pay a therapist and afterwards that's it I don't need to do anything more it's um it is a you know constant evolving journey it is a constant evolving journey and there isn't I think there's this not with anything in life that we do we have this misconception that when I can reach a goal and like ta-da it's oh we've reached it and but it's just not the case because we're always working towards something else and just being on that journey I always say that is the goal just to be on that journey to evolving and be on that journey to bettering yourself because something you touched upon in that was the labels that you the limiting beliefs that you had that you're not smart enough we're not you're not good enough and actually that's something that I have dealt with myself and I think a lot of people it's so common because like growing up I don't know at school you fail an exam or you're not very clever like we're labeled and we're put into these boxes so then then what them boxes do is then I've personally found like, this shape people's identity the same with what you mentioned about the depression you didn't want to be labeled as Naomi with depression it's all about trying to fit people into boxes label them so then you've got something to identify with 
do you have you found on your journey of unidentifying yourself with these labels and just being you how has that then made you feel oh gosh I mean I know sometimes people say things like this but I but it, I really really say it from the heart I don't recognize myself today from where I was two years ago three what well, you know even 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 last month you know I'm a different person to how I was last month but certainly two years ago three years ago six years ago um the the difference is huge in my approach to life in my decision making in all elements in in where I invest my time in where my boundaries are set you know absolutely everything I think there is there is nothing that is the same in my life as it was you know a couple of years ago because there's that thing as well that to like you said to to really change your identity there are so many elements of your life that you have to change it's not you know it's like when clients come on um, with me for, for a transformation program, it's not just about the weight loss. It's about those daily habits. It's about, you know, the identity that you, like you say, fixed to yourself before. It's about reshaping those limiting beliefs and, and allowing them to empower you and not to, to disempower you. So, yeah, I mean, from that point of view, I am, uh, you know, I would say a, a totally different person to the person I was before. And that is the beauty of it. We are constantly evolving into the version of us that actually we are truly, that we truly, truly want to be because we've, like, we've just touched upon then about the labels. We have this identity that's built up and that's actually not who we are. It's who we think we are. And that's the difference. And there's just something I want to like, ask you about because I am interested in myself because obviously you are a transformation and you mentioned transformation coach and you mentioned at the start about emotional eating. And this is something I know that I definitely was an emotional eater. Food was a comfort for me. And I've spoken about this in my episodes when I've talked about my personal physical development journey and registering that just because I changed the external nothing was changing internally so it didn't matter even though I went the opposite way with food and actually then started to use it to obviously build a healthy relationship with it would you say emotional eating is something that is very common and is actually what causes a lot of people to gain weight yeah, I absolutely would. And, you know, if I if I look back at my own experience and also for so many of us, you know, if you look back to your childhood, what happened when you, you know, had a bad day at school or you um, felt unwell or you didn't do great in your exams? What was probably the most likely thing that happened in your household? You were given food. <laughs> you were given chocolate you were you know my mum was an amazing baker and so literally I mean even though she had a full-time career and you know was really really busy um you know mum she always always did home baking so there was always you know lovely flapjacks coming out the oven and fresh cheese scones and all these amazing things and the things that you know obviously I, I, I lost her when I was a teenager but you know she was very very sick for seven years so really we kind of lost her over that seven year period but even today my fondest memories of her are her feeding me 
her, you know, me having an accident, falling off my bike, coming in, her, you know, cleaning up my greys and then sitting me down on the sofa with a duvet and, you know, a cheese scone and a cup of tea or whatever it might be. So I think, first of all, we have to accept that the reason a lot of us go to that is because that's how we were conditioned from an early age. So a little bit like our limiting beliefs, we believe what we are either told or what we tell ourselves. And then we give ourselves the label and we say, oh, I'm an emotional eater. I, I'm, I always eat when I'm stressed. And the worst thing we can ever do, you said a minute ago about like putting, you know, being put into boxes, but the worst thing we can ever do is put ourselves into a box or put ourselves you know with a label and I have you know women that come to me and they say oh but I'm a perfectionist but we're not we don't come out of the womb a perfectionist we don't come out of the womb an emotional eater we don't come out of the womb being late for everything those are all things that we have like you say kind of you know we've conditioned ourselves over time we've either been told something that, that then has kind of given us that belief um, system and I know for me you know, my way of comforting myself when, my, you know, when my mum was very ill and then when she died was always food. It was always, you know, and, and alcohol. I'll be fair, you know, in my 20s and my 30s, um, I, you know, a, a lot around alcohol, a lot around food. Um, you know, I went through so many sort of breakups in relationships, always then ended up going through that cycle of comfort eating literally the entire contents of a supermarket and then literally having all that shame and guilt and then going back into that diet phase losing the weight feeling kind of you know great and everything but the the emotional eating was still there because that's what I'd always that's how I'd always used and that was always my kind of um my trigger and my and my fallback so what I have worked on on myself and now empower and coach and work with my clients on is you can't just end emotional eating you know you can't just stop something you have to replace it you have to work on the mindset around it I know something we always talk about is awareness awareness for anything is key um, and acceptance of it and and you know you said when we did our, our live earlier you know you'll still have off days you'll still have days you know I I, I might still have that day where I feel like I want comfort and I want emotional food and sometimes I'll allow myself to give in to a little bit of something but other times I'll think I'll just sit and think with it for a minute and go what what emotion am I trying to comfort what what am I what 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 is it that's kind of missing in me right now that that needs something else and then nine times out of ten I will be able to find a different thing whether it's going for a walk in nature whether it's um you know, doing a little bit of a stretching class or some meditation or just, you know, making myself a nice cup of tea or going for a walk along the beach, whatever it might be, we just, because we are, we are in that fixed mindset of I'm an emotional eater, I use food to comfort, to, um, you know, give me that kind of emotional support that I need, but actually, there are so there are so many ways that we can break that cycle and 
just and ch and change that you know that just our past doesn't have to equal our future um and i think that's what so many of us think is that if we've you know had that for how many years and I, i've had a one one client in particular recently who came to me um and has been dieting for over 40 years you know literally everything every diet you can imagine she has done it lost the weight gained the weight lost the weight gained the weight um and came on board with me uh, completed her three-month transformation program and said that she has never ever ever learnt to figure out the why behind it why she was doing it and how she can change it and what things she can do differently and even even though she's finished the program, she is still having results because she's not gone back to her old identity. Her mindset has changed. Um, and I think, you know, that's why, like I said to you, you know, so excited to come on this podcast because without that change in mindset, you'll never, ever change all that belief system. You'll never change the 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 future of where you want to be. You'll just keep kind of you know I liken it to just putting on a you know putting on an elastoplast you just constantly keep fixing a quick problem you know putting something over a leak that's springing but never ever really kind of getting down to the root problem and the cause of it gosh there's so much in there <laughs> but it is though what you just just touched on the last bit that you've just said there about that quick fix I, I've been there before I lost weight i Yo yo, lose a few pounds, put it back on. You lose a few pounds, try a fad diet, thinking I'm gonna lose a stone in a week or something. And it's just unhealthy, unhealthy mentality that we've now developed in society, which is this instant gratification, this quick fix. When actually, when nothing worth having comes with a quick fix, it's about that consistent work, and it's about rewriting and changing, and just sort of. Um, I liked what you said. It's so true about the past. It doesn't define us. We can either let it define us and keep telling ourselves that story, or we can accept it's part of the journey, but choose it, accept and step forward and looking at what it is that is actually behind why we do certain things. Because a lot of the time it is the awareness that we don't have around it. And um, it's not to feel guilty about not having the awareness because if you're not aware of something how do you know that you need to change anything and that is why awareness really is the key to any change in any aspect of your life whatever you want it's about having the awareness because if you don't have the awareness you're not aware of it so you don't know if it's there but you like I think it was like what you said about your client is she wasn't she was wasn't aware of why she was doing it and I think once we understand why we are doing something it then makes sense because there's an, a meaning behind why we're doing it and I found with me with, with them with my emotional eating when I did it it was just autopilot it was just I didn't even think twice about going buying a share bag of chocolate and just eating the full thing and I'd like this and a bit oh the bag's empty and I wouldn't even be aware of how many times I've lifted my hand from my mouth from the bag of chocolate and it's just about being able to just catch yourself in the moments and that's the real testament to growth is catching yourself yes we're going to have bad days it's we're human we're not there's still that element of living but it's about removing that shame and guilt because they're the lowest frequencies that we can be in is that shame and guilt and it's just about that acceptance of where you are 
and accepting that you can change and accepting that one bad day doesn't define you. Your past doesn't define you. Absolutely. And go, go, go on, sorry. Go on. No, 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 you, no, you carry on. No, go on, I'll let, I'll let you go. <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, I, I quite often use the analogy as well that, you know, if you get a puncture on your car tire, you don't go and slash all the other tires. And I think so often we go into that self-sabotage moment of, um, oh God, I, I ate a bad meal. But that's where the diet culture comes in, that diets tell you that you have to be 100% perfect or you won't achieve your goal. Um, and, you know, I think that's why, you know, what I do with my clients is not diet based. It's not a, it's not about, you know, you will do this diet for three months, lose weight and that's it. It's about giving the tools. It's about educating, empowering to make those changes that become a long term lifestyle change. And you're right. You know, awareness is key for anything like you, you know, especially when you live on your own to, you know, there's nobody kind of there going, Oh, you've just eaten a whole bag of that. Or you've just, you know, sat down to eat a handful and the whole packet's gone or whatever. Um, and for me, that was a huge thing. Like you say, the kind of the awareness of what I was doing and awareness of if I do go to, to do something that's an old habit, because, you know, we're not a computer. So old habits will creep back in if there's the trigger there or whatever it might be, but it's just about, taking that moment listening to what your mind is saying listening to to kind of what it's bringing up for you and then changing that habit changing that frequency changing that state that enables you to make a better choice yes because life is all about choices all about choices and what we choose or choose not to do is a choice it's just yeah I always like to remind myself that if I'm choosing not to do something um, I've still chose not to do it but I was gonna what I was gonna say to you is we spoke about it on, we've not really touched on it but we spoke about it on our live about when you decided to make a change and step away from your job that you people thought you was going through a midlife crisis <laughs> yes I, I, was... I really want to touch upon that a bit more because I think <laughs> so again, I labeling that you were going yep. through a absolutely I was 41 um or was I just about to turn 41 I think I was just about to turn 41 and um yeah and so when I resigned people were like oh my gosh I hear you've resigned from your job what are you going to do and I was like oh I don't I don't know yet oh my god are you having a midlife crisis um and like you say I think that you know uh, and then and then there was all this like oh my gosh you know are you you know, just thinking that it meant something so huge and it was huge and significant, but not in the way that others thought it was huge and significant. It was significant in so much as the message I was giving myself that I didn't want to be in that state any longer. I didn't want to, you know, feel like I was always battling with you know, the depression and the anxiety and everything else that was just made doing doing my job and, and my career just felt so much more challenging all the time. Um, yeah. And, and so many people said to me, you know, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you're having a midlife crisis. What are you going to do? And I, I now look back and I just think it wasn't a crisis. It was an awakening. It was a it was a moment where I I guess, you know, that whole kind of thing of wake up and smell the coffee. And I, and I just did. I think I just sort of went, 
no do you know what there's there's I can live a different life I don't have to live the life I started on I don't have to carry on the path I started on I have the the choice I can make the decision yes it's going to be scary you know lose it leaving a career where you're you know getting a, a good salary every month and it's paying your mortgage and you've got enough money you know externally to be able to then go on nice holidays and do all those different things um but actually none of that felt like it was enough it, it, it didn't it, it didn't feel like it was giving me any self-worth it wasn't um taking me further forward in my life in fact if anything it made it it made me feel like I was staying stuck in one place like I I I felt I felt quite trapped if I'm really really honest now looking back I felt very very trapped in the last few years of my career not just in my career but I felt trapped in myself I felt um I felt because of the shame and embarrassment and not wishing to to be honest and tell people about how I was feeling, I felt very kind of caged in. And so for me, leaving my career was one of the most liberating things I've ever done um, and was the polar opposite of a midlife crisis. I love that. Feeling caged in and then breaking free. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but just to sort of round up, the, the episode what would you say to people if you got yes what would your message to people that one may think it's too late to change and two like who maybe want to change but they just don't know where to go what would be sort of your parting words and your like what would be the yeah what would you say to them what are the next steps so first of all it honestly is never too late to change you know I I have come across people women men in their 70s their 80s even their 90s who have start you know have started on a whole new path gone back to university in their 70s and their 80s and all these different things if you still have breath in you then you can still change so that's all that defines you the minute you can't change is when you have no pulse and you know you are in your last moments that's when there is no change left but if you still have breath and you are still um alive you have the ability to change and where to start well i think as we've already said awareness is probably the best place to start so if you are feeling stuck you are feeling unhappy you are feeling low in the place that you're in use all of that as a positive because you know one thing I look back now and think and even at the time whilst it was really really difficult to have any positive mindset when I was kind of in my you know lowest of my depression and my darkest darkest time all I kept thinking to myself was the great thing is it can only ever get better from here and I think so often when we're in that low depressed state we're not happy we just keep telling ourselves we're not happy, we're depressed, we're this, we're that. But actually, we all have that ability to change, to move forward. And so, yeah, I would say to anybody, having that awareness is key. And then reach out to somebody. You know, I did the same. I think that's another thing as well. We're ashamed to ask for help and support. Um, and even one of my clients who's now been coaching with me for over a year 
said that literally in the last month, she's only been able to kind of admit openly that she's seeing a coach and that she has and, and that she's in a coaching program because she felt that it was it might be deemed as, oh, what? You can't do everything on your own. You, you need a coach to help you to, you know, be more successful and to help you to balance your life and to help you to lose weight and to help you to work on your emotional eating. And so I think awareness and then that acceptance that, yes, I accept it, but actually I can do something about it. And then getting that support or that help or whatever it might be. Because, listen, life is pretty tough at the best of times. You know, our, our lifestyle that we lead nowadays, we have so many external pressures. We are always striving for, you know, whatever it might be. And to think that we can't, that we have to be able to do it all on our own, I think is a really, um, uh, it is kind of, a, you know, a, a huge ask and actually is, is very rare. And, you know, you and I both know because we've worked with some pretty, um, you know, some big coaches in the world, some leading coaches, and they have coaches, you know, so it is that thing of the reason some of those people are so successful is because they have other people supporting them and pushing them and, and, and challenging their limiting beliefs to get them there. But if you carry on and try and do it on your own, you know, I, I spent nearly 30 years trying to deal with depression and anxiety on my own. And the story is, I couldn't. The minute I got myself a coach, the minute I got myself a therapist, I managed to deal with it all and change it all really within, you know, within a relatively short period of time in comparison to that 30 years. So no such thing as it's too late if you've got breath in, in, inside of you. And, you know, there is no shame, no embarrassment. In fact, it's an empowering moment when you reach out to somebody and say, I need, you know, I need some help or I need some support. Are, are you somebody that can help me to do that? Oh, I love it. What a way to end because it is not, and I think the, the question obviously I said to you before this, because based on the episode that I brought out last week, which was about what is invested in yourself and why is it important? Is it that you, is it the value of the investment that you're making that you don't see value in? Or is it that you're not valuing yourself enough? just to do it because it's it's not it's not um a sign of weakness to ask for help it's a sign of strength and we're not here to do everything on our own it'd be a bloody lonely place if we were <laughs> absolutely but it is that empowerment in yourself and just deciding to choose you is empowering just to ch choose that you want to change is empowering and then it just evolves from there yeah, complete, completely agree. It, and that's the thing is that, you know, I think sometimes people think it's this huge shift, but it's not. It's all these small shifts that then equate to that really, really big change. Little steps every single day. Exactly. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me on the Making Mindset Matter podcast. If anybody would like to connect with you, where can they find you? Yep. So I'm on Instagram. I am Naomi underscore Holbrook coach. Uh, sorry, Naomi underscore Holbrook underscore coach. Um, and also on Facebook, Naomi Holbrook. So uh, I also have a, a business we website, which is Wealthy Evolution, and that is W-E-L-L-T-H-Y evolution.com. Um, but yes, social channels anywhere at all.
No, thank you. But thank you. Yes, thank you for joining me. If anybody has that has been listening has resonated with any of this episode and would like to reach out to Naomi or myself, please do. Um, but if you have resonated or you know someone that will resonate with this episode, please do share it on your social media. Share the episode with them because you don't know who it could impact. And that way we can help people grow. But as always, I will leave it there. Here is to making your mindset truly matter. Mm-hmm.